for KRN News Studios in Lincoln, Nebraska. You play ball like a girl! Lincoln Alternative Music 90.3. That's what this sack of wrenches is for. You are listening to the Sports Fan Show. We talk football, just football for 30 seconds. With Anthony Guma. Okay, Rick, let's get nasty. And now I can finish holding because I'm Austin Big Boy. Uh, <laughs> this is our turn. Three, two, one, go. Let's do it. You're listening to the Sports Fan Show with Anthony Gumat, and I have a very special guest with you guys. The one, the only, probably the greatest running back in Nebraska history, Amon Green. Amon, thank you so much for coming. Hey, no problem, Anthony. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Uh, some facts about Amon. Uh, correct me if I get this wrong, by the okay. way. So you're born in Omaha. Then yep. you moved to L.A. Yep, that's you moved, correct. You moved back to Omaha. Yep. Uh, there you graduated from Omaha Central. Yep. Right? That's um, right. Which I didn't know this, by the way, but they've also produced five running backs from the NFL, including the great Chicago Bear, Gale Sayers. Yep. I didn't so, know that, by the way. Yeah. Um, it was Ibeck High. Okay. That was, that was the, that's our nickname. I'm not sure if it's still called Ibeck High now, but in the 90s and before me and my two brothers went there, too. So, yeah, it was always Ibeck High School back then. All right. And the... Then came here to Nebraska, obviously, 1995 and 1997 national champion. He was uh, the 76th overall pick in the 1998 NFL draft by the Seattle Seahawks. My brother, actually, he is a Seattle Seahawks fan. So I don't um, got to tell him that, which the 98 draft is probably one of the best drafts of all time, including Peyton Manning, Ryan Leaf, Charles Woodson, Randy Moss, you, Pat Tillman, who was a seventh-round steal, and Fred Taylor. Yep. Uh, 2000, you, you were traded to Green Bay. Then 2007, you, you signed with, with the Houston Texans. Is that in free agency? Yeah, I did free agency down there. All right. Um, it wasn't the best fun down there. One of the best experiences, I'll say that. <laughs> but uh, all in the same, I had to go with the deal because I signed on the dotted line. Yep. So. And we'll talk about more of that later oh, yeah, on. Sure. Uh, then in 2009, you signed a one-year deal, one-year deal with the Packers and retired. Uh, you're a full, four-time Pro Bowler. Then in 2020, you became the head coach of the eSports team at – Lakeland University, which is Sheboygan. Yep, that's Sheboygan. how you said it. You said it right. All right, Sheboygan, Wisconsin. Then you came here in, what, 20, 2022? Yeah, um, actually 23, right at the start. So January All of right. this year. Yeah. So, yeah, a very athletic, very achievable man in Amman. Uh, but first of all, uh, once again, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. Uh, he's also uh, one of my professors for the, my my esports class. Mm-hmm. So currently, we're working on our group project and trying to host an esports event. Yep. Uh, for my group, we we changed from Gretna to Lincoln Southeast because we our connection from Gretna hasn't showed up to class recently. Oh, gotcha. so we changed it to Southeast. We're still keeping Smash Bros. By the way. Gotcha. So. Okay. But yeah, uh, we're going to do a little Q&A session here, just to get more on the inside of things, because, you know, when you grow up as a kid, you're like, I, re- I really want to know like, what's a day-to-day thing of a <laughs> collegiate and pro athlete. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the first question I have for you, Amon, so when you moved to L.A., yeah, uh, and then you moved back to Omaha, you were getting recruited probably, were you recruited heavily at all? But what was, like, the recruiting stages for you as a young high schooler? Um, the, well... Wasn't really none. It was just um, the fact of what neighborhood I, li- I lived in. It was it was after the fact. Once people found out were like who I was related to, my dad, um, my two older brothers, and my dad was David Green, and he uh, was a phenomenal athlete at Tech and yeah Tech High School when it was a prominent high school, which is not for for physically from Central High School. Okay, and so. My dad, my uncle, Michael Green, who came here for football as well. My dad actually had a scholarship to Iowa State for football. Um, both phenomenal athletes. And then my two older brothers, Jerry and Nikki Paul. So once people caught wind of that, that's when there were, there was not really recruiting, but just like, you know, where are you going for high school my freshman year? Mm-hmm. And so when we got back that summer of 1991, it was probably like, you know, I got here in June. So it was the whole summer where we, my man, I'm driving around, you know, getting orientation, getting oriented with the city, finding out where I'm going to do my freshman year. And we looked at Central, we looked at Northwest, we looked at Benson, and um, and we looked at uh, North. And so then it just boiled down to, regardless of what I liked 
at, at each school, it didn't boil down to that. It basically mm-hmm. boiled down to location. Okay. So we were living with my sister at that time because we just moved back. And so before we got our own place, and her address was in North Omaha. It was like 36th Street, not far off of Ames. And so we had to settle on North High School because we were within five miles of North, or not even that, it was like two miles. And so that's where I ended up going to North. And no big deal to me at that time. I didn't really have an allegiance. I didn't have a lot of friends, so it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. All my friends were back in Cali. <laughs> and so I uh, went there my freshman and sophomore year, ended up playing varsity my sophomore year. Freshman year, I played one more year Little League uh, with the North Omaha Boys Club Bears because I was asked, what's crazy was, like I said, once people caught wind of who, uh, who I was related to, then everybody, then Coach Home, uh, Coach uh, my, uh, Herm, Herman Coleman, he wanted me to play on varsity as a true freshman before he even saw me run and jump and do whatever. And so, because he knew my two older brothers were really good football players and my dad too. And I was like, really? And so I was, wasn't sure about it. I had to think about it. He said, think about it, let me know. And then my older brother, Jerry, he brought me the funny story. What made my decision was the fact that I came down here for the All-Star game, the North-South uh, Nebraska High School All-Star football game that summer. And I'm watching guys warm up. I'm at the, you know, I'm at the center on the East West Stadium bleachers, watching all the players warm up from each side, and watching Tony Veland at that time. You know, I didn't know who he was, but eventually I found out who he was years later when he became my teammate here in college. And so I'm watching him warm up, and I'm like, I said, "Hey, bro, who's that dude right there?" He's like, "Oh, that's the quarterback. He played at Benson, I think." And I looked in the Veland, a senior going. No, I was like, "Oh, he's coming here," and because they tell him what they're going to college, mm-hmm. and he was a six foot, two hundred and ten pound um, quarterback, and, and I'm like, "What? He's six feet?" You know, in high school quarterback. Because I'm, like I said, I'm an incoming freshman. I think I weighed at that time. I was probably like five seven, hundred and fifty five pounds <laughs> at that time. So I'm like, "Dude, he is yoked." And then I saw this other person. It was an old lineman. I didn't know who he was, but I looked. I looked. I think he had like 67 on. I looked at his name. I can't remember his name, but I know he was a big dude. He was like 260, 270. I was like, man. So of course I'm like, oh, let me think about it. I don't want to play high school yet. A little bit big for me. I was like, yeah. I was a smart kid. I wasn't. I was a little wild, but I wasn't stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I knew numbers, so I was like, 155, 210, 155, 260. No, no that's, that's I, like, I, th- I think I'm good now. Just, yeah. just pump the brakes. No. Yeah, pump the brakes. So I, I came home that day from my brother taking me to the All-Star game and just talked to my dad. I said, Dad, I said, the head coach at the high school wants me to play varsity. I don't, I don't want to play varsity this year. <laughs> He's like, why? It's like, I saw them dudes. and You see them dudes down in the stadium in the All-Star game? They're huge. I was like, uh, I'm not crazy. He's like, all right. He laughed. He's like, you gonna be, be in high, you're in high school now? I'm like, I'm not ready. He's like, all right, I'll say something to the coach for you. And so he did. And long story short of it, I played Little League ball for the North Omaha Cup Bears. It was a fun team to be on. And we, we ended up winning the city championship. And then we went down to Daytona Beach, Florida, where we, had, we got sponsored by some companies um, in Omaha. And we were able to you know, have the funds to go to Daytona Beach, Florida, playing a, the Little League, the United States or the U.S. Little League state or Little League National Championship, mm-hmm. and we ended up went went down there and we won. We beat we beat a team Missouri because you had to play the team in your region first, and then whoever won the other regions. So played. it's like the Little League World Series, but yeah. they had the regionals. But it was, for, yeah. it was football. Okay. It was, yeah, it was just like baseball, but it was football. It was in Daytona Beach, Florida, in around Thanksgiving time in November, and go down there. We beat this team from Missouri. And then, then two days later, we played another game um, against a team from New Jersey, and they were pretty good. Am mm-hmm. I making that noise? Uh, I don't know. Yep. So, um, yeah, so we played this team in New Jersey, and that was a tough game. Like, the first half, we were basically going back and forth, and then we ended up getting – we created some turnovers for them. I got an interception. Another One of my other teammates had another interception. My interception – was a pick six, so I picked it off, ran it in for a touchdown. And I think we won like, I think it was 24 to 17 or 24 to 10. It, like the, the score doesn't say much. And at the end of the game, didn't look like it was a whole lot moving either, but between the pick sixes and, or the pick six and a, a 
fumble. We had a couple fumble recoveries. That, that was our defense that probably did it. But then that got me ready for um, you know my sophomore year of high school and get ready to be on varsity. Yeah. yeah. So um, as you go along through high school, did you look at other schools besides Nebraska? Like, was there another offer? You're like. I'm kind of tempted to go this way a little bit rather than stay at home. Oh, yeah. No, I was tempted. Um, so on my visits, initially, when I so now I transferred to Central. I played a season there and and just started my visits my senior year. So now halfway through my uh, senior year of football, so around this time of the year, on October, November, started making my college visits. And I've had five schools. I only took four visits. Went to Nebraska, came down here, you know, drove down here. Um, went to visit Notre Dame, uh, Michigan, and then Arizona out in um, the Wildcats okay. in, 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 uh, in Tucson, not not the Arizona. I say not not Tempe. Not the Sun, yeah, not Tempe, yeah. not the Sun Devils. So, so the one team if you talking about team that like like almost got me down there was uh, Arizona, okay. and it was because it wasn't the weather. The weather I was like, oh yeah, this is awesome, but it was more the players on the team that I met. And a lot of the current players that were on their roster who I got to meet that weekend, they were guys that were in the same little leagues that I played in. So we knew each other. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, you're so-and-so. You played for this team or you were on my, you know, you were a teammate with me. Like, I was like, cool. So it was like, it was like a dozen guys that I knew. And yeah. they're, they're from L.A. Where, we, where I grew up. So it was like, oh, like that's sweet. Like, so was, that was that that almost got me to Arizona. But what changed my mind, not, not changed my mind, what, what made me made my mind up was when um, the, team, the team here it was in the national title game against Miami and I was at a friend's house watching the game and then my mom called and said uh, dad just had a heart attack meet us at the hospital at the, at the university hospital in downtown Omaha and so I'm like what? so we meet over there and by the time I get there he got checked and everything he was just recovering he was going to be in the hospital for like a couple weeks he was okay though. He was gonna be fine. Um, and then, but I'm sitting in the the, fan, the lobby, like watching the game. You know, it's the national title game of us against Miami, the Hurricanes. Then, and I kind of made up my mind there. I was like, oh, this I'm coming. I'm staying home because, mm-hmm. like, if something like this happens when I'm at Arizona or Notre Dame or Michigan, I got to get on an airplane or I can't get on a plane because I got a game. Yeah, I don't want to miss out on any family, especially something like this where my dad got. He got injured or got hurt, you know, got a, uh, a illness and something went down. So I was like, no, nah, I'm going to stay here in Lincoln. And then the following week, I told my coach, my high school football coach, was uh, Joe McMinimum, who passed away a few years ago. So I told him and then I told my parents and then told him and then they did all the little setup of the press conference to announce that I was coming to Nebraska for my uh, college football career so yeah and say and then back in the day there's obviously no Instagram so you no. can't see the hat videos it's no. just a letter of intent pretty much that's it and then I say way I was raised my mom and my dad's definitely my dad be like none of that yeah he'd be like no you just tell them where you're going and we get out of here <laughs> <laughs> like you're going to Nebraska I'm going to Nebraska gotta go right. <laughs> no, yeah none of the, the the hats and all that stuff now my dad would be like Mm-hmm. Like, like if you were recruited in today's space and you had to make a decision, would you do an Instagram video, or like would you make a like a commitment video, or just I would do one where it was not all the, all the like, the gimmicks, right? I would mm-hmm. just because the way my dad raised me and my brothers too, they would be on me, so I would make it real simple. I'd be like, hey, this is Amon Green. Hey, I decided I'm going to University of Nebraska, it's and then real, just pick the hat and pick yep. the hat, not having Nebraska, Notre Dame, Penn State, and USC just. I would just have one. I have. I'll be in the gear already. I wouldn't go down that road. And my brother's like, "No, nah, that's too much. You're doing mm-hmm. too much." So my dad too would be like, "No, you're doing too much. Just tell them where you're going. That's all they need to know." <laughs> yeah, I've seen some videos. There's a prospect. I can't think of the name. He committed to UCLA, mm-hmm. but he created like a LeBron James commercial. No, I seen that one. You seen um, that one? It was. It was. It was a LA school. It was either USC or UCLA, and I saw that. I was like, "What?" Um, like these crazy crazy ones and then the ones that stand out this player went to Tennessee when his mom was in old Alabama stuff and she walks up and leaves the commitment (laughs) after he committed to Tennessee oh that's funny I'll say that like maybe a funny one but nothing where obviously it's doing too much like that kind of my mom and dad will look at it but uh, that's like a funny video maybe and that's a maybe I wasn't creative like that yeah (laughs) 
right. All right. So you enroll in Nebraska in 94, 95. 94. It? It 94. Or 95. I'm sorry, 95. So, you, so 95, 95, you... Had a thousand yard season. Yeah. Then your ju- your sophomore year, ninety six, you had just under a thousand. Yeah. But then your junior year, you popped off. Yeah. You went for over eighteen hundred yards. Yeah. Like what happened? Like yeah. more reps? Did you change your methods of training? Coach Osborne says, "Hey, you're the guy now." Or uh, what? It was a little bit of some, not the last one, but the ones before that. Between um, working out and then like being motivated in different ways, because my sophomore year. The reason why I only had 900 yards is because I had a broke foot half the season. Okay. I had a turf toe that led to a broke foot. So I was running on a bad a bad wheel. I think it was my left foot, I think, and uh, ended up breaking. So I had the turf. You know, if you know turf toe, mm-hmm. it sucks. So basically, if it's your hand, just imagine if you play basketball, ba- ba- baseball or you play basketball and you sprain your thumb, especially say if you're a pitcher, like you say if you're a left-handed pitcher or a right-handed pitcher, and you sprain this thumb right here. Mm-hmm. That's the, that joint. You don't. The thumb controls a lot. You know. I mean, you probably know that too. So, when that big toe is the same on, you know, like my hand controls are your pivoting, pushing off. So, once I got back, I got hurt it against Kansas State. I was out two games. I missed two games. First two games I ever missed in college from a physical, you know, from an injury. And I came back at two weeks. Probably should have stayed out longer. Came out way. I think I came back. Now, in hindsight, I'm like, definitely came back way too early. Yeah. Should have took another week or maybe two weeks off, like a whole month, because the swelling was still there. It was still sore when I would run and jump. But I was a trooper. I was like, I got to be there for my teammates. I'm going to fight through it. And I did. Like, when you're in the moment, you're just like, I just want to get out there. You yeah. don't want to stay on the sideline. You want to get going. Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, I know what my teammates, how they depended on me and being on that football field. So... I was like, that was all in my head. I, you know, they want, they need me out there. They, you know, my teammates need me out there. So, I did all the rehab where I could get it to a point where I could do things, probably eighty percent of what I can do if I was healthy. Mm-hmm. And my eighty percent was, I guess, enough because I was able to run for yards. I think one game I still had over hundred yards against, um, I think Kansas or somebody, maybe Oklahoma, but it was still it was sore, super sore after every game. And then eventually, for the whole season, even the Texas Tech game, was, I had a good game. Oklahoma, I had an okay game. I only played the first half. I ran for 60 yards and then a touchdown. And then I told him, I was like, it is killing me. You know, it's still sore. So it wasn't until the regular, the last game of the regular season against Colorado is where my foot finally gave out, where it's it broke on us. Basically, if it's, you know, the turf toe was this foot or this finger or toe. And then the second metal torso here, it's fractured. So just right, like right in between. In between, yeah, right in between. When I started, to, like it was the first play of the Colorado game, I went to plant, and I planted on that left foot. And when I planted like that to go forward, it was like, I was like, oh, <laughs> I just fell on the ground. It was like, you know, pointing at my foot, like, hey, come here, check this. I can't always oh, hurts. It was like a knife, like was stabbed in my uh, foot. And so the trainers and came over and then we took me in for x-rays and they said, yeah, you got a stress fracture in your second matter torso. And so you, obviously you're done this game and then we had, we beat Colorado. We barely beat Colorado. It was a game, you know, obviously big game plan change, started mm-hmm. running back out. And so we ended up going to the Big 12 championship and I was watching that from home because I had a broke foot and we lost to uh, uh, Texas. And we, like, we, we still had the same team. Guys were obviously... Just probably a little worried, obviously different mindset because I wasn't playing. But we still had guys like D'Angelo Evans um, at running back and a few other guys. I know Joe McAvicka was at fullback. And then um, Scott, that was Scott Frost's first year as a quarterback for us. And then, then defense, we had the defense. You know, we had Jay Foreman, we had Mike Brown, Ralph Brown, we had Steve Warren. We had a, still a bunch of good guys on our defense. But they just kind of outcoached, you know, got, I said we got a little bit outplayed, but we knew that. I knew it was frustrating to watch it, and I knew if I was on that field, we would have won because of off on the offensive side. But but we ended up going to the Rose Orange Bowl, you know, for, as a constellation prize. We didn't want to be there because it wasn't for the national title, it wasn't for everything. And so a lot of the guys that were seniors and juniors were like myself. I was a sophomore, but I still was like, nah, we don't want this. Sucks, even though we in Miami, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I was rehabbing and was able to rehab enough to get back on the field for that bowl game when we beat uh, we beat Virginia Tech 
I can't remember the score, but we had we scored a few. We scored quite a bit. I think we beat them by like two, 14 or 20 point, 21 points, something like that. But it was a good game. And then, so for the next year, going into my junior year, that was part of my motivation and why I rushed for the 1800s and some change because now this is my third year. I'm very comfortable on campus, obviously with my classes. I had good grades. I was part of honor roll. Um, but then my teammates, obviously, now I'm a leader, um, along with Scott and a few other guys on defense, Jay Foreman, Mike Brown. And so now it's just like it's my turn to be a captain, the leader of the team, and this is how I'm going to do it, just like I did in Little League and any team I played for. I just I, sh- I, I led by example. You know, I worked hard in practice. I worked hard in the weight room. I worked hard in the classroom, stayed out of trouble. So if anybody – wanted to complain or say I couldn't do that. I just talk about, you know, what I had to go through my junior, my sophomore year with my broke foot and turf toe and how I got through it, you know, mentally and more than physically. And so, and guys would see that. They saw my work ethic and my teammates. So they just took, you know, that me doing what I did through my actions and follow me that way. And that's why I say that's where for myself, in terms of the 1800, along with my teammates, knowing that like Amon, they knew like I got back to where I was my freshman year physically to rush for that that yardage, and now I was smarter and a little bit older, and so they were all behind me supporting me. Yeah, say so, like I do agree with leading by example. That's how I try to normally lead. Mm-hmm. I played football freshman year, then I got hurt, and mm-hmm. then I transitioned to running. Okay, uh, but I normally try to be like, hey, let's not do this type of thing. You know, let's work now while we can and hopefully get the results later yeah so i do yeah. agree with the leading by example so you mentioned orange bowl uh, was a national championship but the fiesta bowl in 95 was a championship yeah. that was against miami uh no the fiesta no. bowl was against florida florida yes. so another florida team <laughs> <laughs> and then uh the 97 one that was against tennessee, tennessee. peyton manning yep uh, Marcus Nash, Fearless Price. A lot, a lot of a good lot players. Of, yeah, a lot of good NFL players on that roster. Uh, but you had over, you had just about 300 yards of rushing, I think, on that one? As a team in mm-hmm. the in the Orange Bowl? Yeah. Yeah, as a team. And I think by myself, I had 206, okay. and I got the MVP. Yep, you got the MVP. So which which one was better, as your freshman year winning national championship or your junior year when you popped off and won ooh, the MVP? Ooh, man. Um I say I like the one, the junior year one, only because, like I mentioned already, I was the leader. Because my freshman year, it was Tommy, it was Lawrence, it was Christian, Jason, Phil Ellis, Tony Velan. Those were the seniors, or those were the upperclassmen. Because was Tom, because the 95 Fiesta Bowl, wasn't that when Tommy Frazier had the run? Yeah. Like, how many tackles can one man break? Yeah, he ran for it. That was what I think it was like either a 90 yard or a 70, 80 yard run where he literally ran through everybody on that Florida Gator defense. Had a little help from Clinton Childs, who made a block that pushed him and got his speed going, momentum going down the sidelines. But yeah, that was on him. And he had done that before. We've seen him run the ball and run through guys. And people didn't realize, people forget how big he was and how physical he of a runner. You know, he was a great athlete because. You know, he could throw the ball, but then physically, he was bigger than me as a running back. I was 210 my freshman year. He was 225. Mm-hmm. He was 6'2", 225. I was six foot 210 by my end. And my freshman year, I was 215. So, and by the time I got out of here, I was 6'1", 215. So, Tommy, people underestimated what he can do physically on that play. And I say in that game, that whole team, the Gators, they underestimated us. And that's why the score... Was it what you know what it was fifty sixty two to twenty four because they the whole time they were trash talking us at every little bowl game event we had a luncheon we had a breakfast they were just didn't think they were gonna they 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 thought that they were just gonna walk through us and we were a team that even though unfortunately we had like some stuff like off the field going on that first part of the year. But we still focus. Like no matter what, we focus on what was going on in the football field, and so that's what got us there. But for myself, like I said, my freshman year, it was more of the you know Tommy and the upperclassmen, other guys that were there already. And then my junior, what was different was like I was that leader now, mm-hmm. and I was looking to see if I could do what they did as being captains and being leaders. Um, could I 
duplicate what they did. They won two national titles. They won in 94. I was part of the 95 one. I said, can I, can I get me another one now as a junior and as a, somebody that a lot of my teammates looked up to? And so I made sure, you know, physically I was ready. Mentally I was there. And, and, and in school, everything else was lined up. And we had the squad to do it. So in 97, I know I have a, a friend here that has a really hot take about, like, Michigan and you guys co-national champions. Yeah, yeah, I bet a lot of people in Nebraska does. So, uh, do you declare yourself national champions, or like, do you don't mind the co? Nah, um, it's for for the for the many Wolverines I know. A lot of respect for them, but I tell them no. Uh, we're the national champs. Period. <laughs> we would have not. I said we would have flew to Pasadena to cater to y'all to kick y'all butt. And I said they, that. I said that to Charles plenty of times any Wolverine that I know. And uh, they always say, oh no, y'all wouldn't have did. I was like, we didn't, we didn't throw the ball. So for once, like Charles, I'd be like, you would have been a non-factor. You're a cornerback. Mm-hmm. We had no wide receivers that were going to catch the ball against you because you're going to DM up because they're not catching the ball. We're not throwing yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> they're blocking you most of the time. Ninety per, Like 85% of a game that you will place against a Nebraska wide receiver, I was telling me, you're going to probably get blocked because we're running the ball left, right, and up the middle. And he was like just laughing about it. But, uh, but yeah, no, we, like for us, it's like it was our championship. We earned it. We uh, proved to everybody in college football, the, the posters, the coaches poll, the coaches' poll is what, what got us over the top because they obviously saw what we did against a good team. You know, Phil, um, what's it, Fulmer, the head coach for Tennessee, and then Peyton Manning, obviously, first-round draft pick um, for the Colts and Hall of Fame NFL guy that we knew, a lot of people knew that that could happen, and it did. And we held him and his team, you know, to what we did. You know, it was proving a point to the whole, I say, U.S. about – you know the doubt that they had about that we couldn't do it because we just ran the ball majority of the time, but we made it work. Yeah. So then you, speaking of Peyton Manning, you know you forego your senior season right mm-hmm. to go to the NFL draft. Uh, nowadays, I don't know how specifically it was for your day and age when um, you guys did, but like now there's like uh, the NFL Combine. I know that was a big thing. Yep. Uh, yep. Pro days like. Schools have their own pro day. Yep, there's uh, a few then. And yeah. then the NFL draft itself, like, what was the transition from after announcing your foregoing your senior season, declaring the draft, and then your, the whole process of, yeah, of was, that? It was it was none nothing nothing fancy smashy about it. It just <clears throat> excuse me. Good. It was nothing fancy fancy smashy. It was just I made I remember doing a press conference. And I say some stuff I haven't really shared about that talk. Like before there, I, the week before, I remember talking to Coach Solid, talking to Coach Osborne, and they wanted to talk to me face-to-face before I made the decision. Just wanted to kind of give me all my options, and I never got an opportunity to talk to them, you know. And they might have told me stuff that might have influenced me to stay, um, but we never got a chance to talk. Um, and <clears throat> for myself, you know, it was – I was kind of like, I wasn't sure if I wanted to go, you know, and I was just hearing, you know, where I might get drafted. And back then, the um, <clears throat> the system, the process of a player getting rated to get drafted, where it is now. Like now, guys <clears throat> in football and basketball and definitely baseball, they can get legit readings on where they're going to get drafted. Mm-hmm. Back then, it was way off because I was told I could get drafted in the first round, late first round <clears throat> and that that I had like two, three teams interested late first round, early second round. So I was like, that's worth like, because I, you know, I was like, I was, like I said, I was a smart kid, so I knew numbers. And I watched the NFL draft. I was a big fan, so I knew okay, late first round. That means for one, I'm gonna be on a Super Bowl, you know, or playoff team because yeah. the, the playoff team is the ones that draft late in the first round. Mm-hmm. That means I was like, I'm gonna be on a playoff-driven team, maybe a Super Bowl team. Don't know. In '98, you know, that was Denver. They won, in, they beat Green Bay, and then the year before that, <clears throat> they they won it. They beat um, Atlanta, I think. So they had back-to-back Super Bowls. <clears throat> Oh no, it was Green Bay then, and then so no, this was '97. Yeah, so they beat Green Bay, and then they beat um, them the next year, or beat the Hawkins. So 
I was like, okay, maybe Denver, but I was like, no, that's not gonna happen. They got Terrell Davis. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, when I found out, and then once I decided to go, I would have, I say, I would, I say, what I would have did different, basically, about getting drafted was, I could have waited and not signed a contract with my agent and just find out if I got drafted and where I went. So knowing that I got drafted third round, I would, if I wouldn't assign anything, I would have came back to school. It, was, it would have been more more work. Basically. Isn't it after you sign with an agent, you can no longer yeah, be in college? Yeah, right? that's all your college eligibility because you're just declaring yourself as a professional. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, there it was. I even thought of like even after I got drafted, I was even talking to my dad like, can we like go have a judge? You know, I haven't signed no contract, like no, I haven't took no money. Mm-hmm. You know, I haven't had them pay for anything yet. So I was like, could you know? So could we fight it and maybe get my my status back? And that never happened. So I was like, all right, it's got to roll with this thing now. I'm a third round draft pick for the Seahawks. Um, for me, getting drafted didn't matter. I was like a I was a football fan. I was a sports fan. So it was like anywhere I would go. I say if 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 any other team <clears throat> that I wanted to go to would have already been. You know, my childhood team was a forty. I was a Forty Niners fan. Okay. So that would've been the team. If any, if I had a chance to pick, I would have went there. I would wanted to go there for sure for Roger Craig, Tom Rathman, Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, John Taylor, all those guys. Was there. there a team you didn't want to go specifically? No, mm-hmm. no. It was like I said, I was a sports fan. So okay. I grew up playing football, baseball, majority of the time. But I played a little basketball, played a little volleyball. I ran track. I swam. I did everything. So. I just love being active. And so, I mean, even when I got here in Lincoln, I wanted to play baseball. I had talked to the baseball coach at that time on my visit saying, hey, I'll play football in the fall and I'll come over here and play baseball in the spring. And so he was super excited. I was too, because I'm like, shoot, I get to do what I did in high school. You know, hey, you and Dion are just <clears throat> right pulling it right together at the same right. time. <laughs> I was trying to, but I never got that chance to play. It was always, oh, we got spring football. And I'm like, what? Like that's what y'all said I could play baseball. No, you gotta do spring football. I'm like, come on, coach. And I was always hurt. The crazy thing about spring football, I was always hurt. My freshman year, I pulled, I had strained my quad, and then my junior. That was the only year my junior year I wasn't, I was healthy. I made it all the way through spring ball without getting hurt. My first couple years, I had had like a a ham injury and then my quad. I was like, why is spring? I was like, I should be playing baseball. (laughs) This is my body talent. Yep. Telling us stuff, so sometimes you just gotta <clears throat> listen to your body. Yep. As much as you don't want to, you have to listen to yep. it. Yep. So, so you get drafted by Seattle in the third round. You go over there, kind of according to what I saw in stats, just like not get the ball rolling with things. You get traded in Green Bay in two thousand, mm-hmm. and that's when you get on the Pro Bowl. But what what was the inside look to be like? Like you got to probably call from an agent and be like, hey, you got traded to Green Bay, right? <laughs> like, what were your thoughts on that? Ah, yeah, it's a fun story right there. Um, <clears throat> so how, how in 1998, how business was done, and most trades happen, a lot of the players that get traded, even today, I've talked to a few players currently that play in NFL and NBA that trades – Sometimes you're not even in the whole conversation and you're the player getting traded. Mm-hmm. So I had known, my agent didn't know, a team that knew, you know, Seattle knew. Um, we had just got Mike Holmgren in my second year at Seattle. Great coach. He won a Super Bowl with, as a Packers head coach. He came over to Green or to Seattle to be the GM and the head coach. And so I played under him for that second year. I had an okay season. I just had to learn a new offense again. <clears throat> And I got good at it by the end of the year. I was real comfortable with it then, the verbiage and all that. And so that was probably one reason. And then, like, in training camp, when I was learning the new offense, I kind of got, you know, I was so worried about learning the offense where I started to have a little fumble issue because I was more focused on, I was trying to just get all these plays, these new plays, different concepts in my brain and trying to understand, like, audibles and checks and, White old lineman is going to the left, and I got to go right. Because the NFL is a way bigger transition. Yeah, it was like it was just a bigger playbook. Like the playbook was huge in college. My playbook here in Lincoln was like that big. NFL playbook was that big. So you had to study, obviously highlight, memorize, and so I was doing all that again in three years. I had Nebraska's offense, then Dennis Erickson, who was my first my rookie year coach at Seattle, and then Holmgren. So I had three offenses I had to like relearn you know the different offense every year 
And so that was the part of the holdback. But once I got comfortable, all the fumbles stopped. But once he mentioned it in the media in Seattle and around the league, um, everybody was like, oh, yeah, Mon Green is a fumbler. He played at Nebraska. He was a system running back. He was only there because he was only good because they are a run first team only. All these little different rumors about me. <clears throat> and so that's where Mike Holman came in when he made that. He makes a comment that, oh, yeah, he's in my doghouse. He was fumbling. I did during preseason for a little bit there. But by the time the regular season um, came around, I got, you know, I was fine. But that stuck with me. And so then the trade, so season ended. <clears throat> he tells me that, Mike Holman tells me that, hey, yeah, I'm going to, you know, make sure if you do what you did this year, um, you could push Ricky Waters, who was a starting running back, to be the guy. You could be the starter. You could beat him out. And I'm like, that's all I needed to hear. So I was like, keep studying, keep working out, stay in shape be ready to go and then probably two months later it was January so three months later I got traded in April (laughs) a day the day before the NFL draft which it was at that time April 16th 2000 and that was my daughter Amani her birthday and I'm at her birthday party flipping burgers flipping hot dogs for her friends and my dad calls me out of the blue I mean we probably talked already but we talked again later that day he called me up he said son you are a Packer I'm like huh I'm like what are you talking about he said uh, turn the ESPN right now go in the house call me back when you see it so I go in there turn on TV and it's NFL Live and it's Trey Wingo who I finally got a chance to tell the story to a couple years or last year I said I had a funny story to tell you so Trey Wingo 1990 or 2000 sitting on the TV saying um, talking about football and then finally before they wrap the show he says oh you know this just in Amon Green training for, to Green Bay for a uh, fifth round conditional pick for, for Fred Vincent from the Green Bay Packers I'm like what and so I called my dad back he said yeah do, do you call Joby your agent to see if he knew and I'm like let me find out I said yeah let me call you back so I called my agent Joby he said, I'm just watching it on TV, too. And I'm like, oh, my God. Don't nobody, I didn't know. My agent didn't know. The only people knew was the Packers and the Seahawks. That was it. Well, and, Fred, and maybe Fred Vincent. I don't know. Well, that's how it is sometimes. <clears throat> like, you even see players in the middle of interviews or just, like, I get some videos some here. Just all of a sudden, just like, dang, I just got traded. Right. Like, like you don't know about you it. You don't. It's like... It's a business deal that does not involve, doesn't have to involve the player. Yeah. It depends on their status. And obviously, I was a third-round pick. My status wasn't high. So um, I wouldn't have to be contacted out of respect. Mm-hmm. Just, hey, it's a business thing. You know, yep. hey, we're looking to move you for whatever reason. Yeah, so uh, just take a look at time, <clears throat> and uh, we're going to just cut a few questions down here. Mm-hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. you mentioned or you mentioned earlier you signed with Houston Free Agency. In 2007, what was free agency like for you? Um, free agency was like two things. It was one, it was like being in college again, or being in high school again, picking colleges. So I had to, I could pick a team where I wanted to go. So free agency for any player, any professional sport, that's what that is. So if they were in a, co- if they're in a sport <clears throat> that had, you know, like a sport here in the U.S. where high school athletes could go around, make visits, and pick a school. That's what free agency is like for NFL players, for um, football or baseball players, hockey players. Um, and so I got the experience. I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, I kind of knew what it was going in. But then at the time where I was at in Green Bay, I didn't want to leave. <clears throat> I felt very comfortable finishing my career there. And that was the goal. But my agent, he had a whole nother set, or I say agenda that I didn't ever know about until later. So his whole goal was to get me there for more money. For me, obviously, but not, I mean, also, I get paid more money, he gets paid more money. And say, because he, in his contract, he probably has some percentage of earnings off your earnings. Yeah, he makes, so most agents, and it's universal around the NFL, is 3% out of your contract, out of a player's contract. Um, From the signing bonus at the time, signing bonuses were big back then. So now it's no signing bonuses because most of the players get guaranteed contract, Mm -hmm. which is great, which is awesome for players. Um, so with that being said, so you get 3% on my signing bonus, which was $5 million, and 3% of my contract, a four-year contract, was $25 million. And every year he'll get his 3% from that. So he had, and that was his agenda. I didn't know that. So 
I took visits. Like, he told me, he convinced me to take visits. I don't like, I didn't even want to get on a plane and leave Green Bay. I was like, no, I don't want to do that. You're like, first day free agency, just give me a Green Bay contract. Yeah, just give me a Green Bay contract. Give me any contract for I knew the most I could get, they were going to give me, in terms of years, like a three, maybe four year. I knew where, I knew, I mean, I played football long enough. I knew how much time I had on the field. It wasn't much. I knew maybe two, three years. Like, if they said two year or a three year deal, I'll take it because I had been there already six years so that means three more years I've been here nine years 12 years um, I ended up playing 12 years in the NFL anyway so that means I would have played like 13, 12, 14 years with or I say minus two I would have played almost 11 years with the Packers and two years in Seattle so it was like no nah, this is cool but he convinced me told me all these little bad reasons why I should make a visit and I didn't but I was like alright kind of just to not him keep bugging me more time. <laughs> like, all right, I'll take a visit. I'll do it if, yeah. I, if you can shut up. Right, and so I go to Denver first. Just have literally a steak and some potatoes. Dinner with uh, the GM there, and flew back to. Uh, um, then I flew to Houston. So I only took. I went to two teams: Houston Texans and the Denver Broncos. And like I said, I had steak with Denver and their coach and their GM, and I think a few of their coaches. And then I went to Houston had a had a meeting. Went to a game. We went to the Houston Rock, one of the Houston Rocket games, watched their game. And I got, you know, right before I stayed a night, and that's when the, my agent convinced me, you know, look, they get this is their offer. I'm like, what about Green Bay? What's Green Bay's offer? I know they made some type of offer, and he just never told me. So that's where I got wrangled into signing something because he's like, no, Green Bay. He kept telling me Green Bay's <clears throat> being slow. They always play slow, which I found out later they didn't. They actually did offer offer me a deal that I would have took, you know, it was like a four million cheaper, but it was three years, 20 million. I was like, I would have took that in Green Bay. I mean, it's, you know, I loved it here and I did great here. And so I find that out years later, but at that time I got, like I said, agents, I've learned a lot, <clears throat> been through a whole lot and I taught a lot of kids under me that you gotta, you gotta really know who that agent is. And so that was the reason I became a Texan. And I, after that is I, I had to, you know, be professional like I know I wanted I wanted to be somewhere else you know I wanted to be in Green Bay but I was I signed that contract I had a role with it and be a professional about it and I was it was it was tough because like I said it was more it wasn't I wasn't told all the truth so mm-hmm. it was kind of it bugged me for a while it, it took me a little while to get out of it I said once football got going again it was okay you know in terms of the regular season but the, my teammates still there was adjustment there because these were new guys guys I never nearly knew there's only a few guys on the team that I actually played with, so that made it cool. Um, the coaching staff was a little rough. The head coach was was new, and he was um, learning how to be, um, which was surprising because he had been a coach in the NFL for a long time already. It was Gary Kubiak. Um, he played quarterback for the Broncos behind John Elway, but he had coached a lot at that time. But being a head coach, I learned is way different. And what he had to deal with with between, between me and the team, and we weren't a good team either. Yeah, we were, we were not good. We went, I think we went eight and eight that year, or maybe less games we lost. Oh, but we they lost were they years. were still a relatively new team as well. Yeah, they were serious because they got created in two thousand two, and this was two thousand seven. So they had only been around five years. Yeah. So in my head, going down there, like I said, once I was like, you know what, I'm a professional, regardless of how the deal got done, I gotta play here. And I still looked at it as like, you know. I'm a, I'm a player, I'm a team player. I know how to help you know my teammates. I know how to be a teammate to help the team be a good team. And so I thought I could bring that down there, but that team had a lot of stuff going on. And so <laughs> it was well, well beyond what I could bring to the table to help us become a winning organization. So I did my best, that's what I'll say. I did my best down in Houston. Still loved the city, the city was awesome. You know, weather, the people, the fans were, we're still new to football down there. Um, even though it's a football state, me in Texas, you'd be surprised of how they rooted for it in my heart or how they didn't root for us when we were winning or losing. It was just interesting. So it was a learning experience. Helped out a lot of things. I say uh, between the the coaching situation and a rough part of my life, my loss to my dad that year, he died in October of 2007. So it was a rough year too altogether once that, that happened. And so this, you know, it was a growing growing moment for myself and my family during that year but I glad that I mean I mean when I look back on it I'm kind of glad that year happened because I not that I had it easy it's just you know people could probably see that you know 
at the end of the day, we're human. We have stuff mm-hmm. going on just like everybody else. You know, we have family issues. Like I said, my dad passed away. I was in a place I didn't want to work, but sometimes you have that situation where you, where you have a job, you don't like it a lot, or you might not like the people you're working with, mm-hmm. but you still have to make it work. Yeah. So that's how I looked at it. I said, look, I got to make this work. I'm here. I can't complain. Um, I got to go out here and play football. But then I got injured. I, I bruised my kneecap, which was terrible. That was probably the one. I say beyond, I mean, tearing it, at least, you know, I knew I was gone a year. And then bruising this, it was like, it'll feel great one day. And then the next day, it was like, feel like crap. <laughs> I, I, like, I could barely move my knee. It's all swollen. So it would go up and down. So it was frustrating. Uh-huh. So on top of that, you know, my dad passed away. I got this, this bruised kneecap in week one. And then, uh, you know, I'm not in a place where I want to be, but I got to deal with. So I have so many layers of things going on. But I say mentally, it, it built me up in a way that I never thought I would be going through some certain things, but I did. And I made it, I say for the most part, I feel I made it through it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> final question here. Um, so you Pro Bowl, you're a four time Pro mm-hmm. Bowler. Yeah. Just under ten thousand career yards. Yep. Just under. Uh, if you like, like, what was a few things you enjoyed about the NFL and like just overall your your career as a football player? Well, for one, I I was a sports fan. I grew up watching every sport from the Olympics to Major League Baseball to basketball to hockey. Rugby, tennis, golf, soccer, um, staying up late watching ESPN back in the day where you could catch all type of sports at 3 a.m. in the morning <laughs> watching what's <laughs> on TV. So me being a sports fan, I just love everything about being because it was like I couldn't wait to get there. It was a little different, obviously, for all the, the situations I've been in from being traded to be even being drafted. That whole process was like, like a weird. It's not what it looks like today on TV it definitely I mean it looks I'm glad it's on TV so the players are, are I say are the players are treated a lot better than my generation was treated going through there myself Peyton Manning Ryan Lee Charles Woodson well some of them guys they were first round draft picks for sure so they didn't even have to go to the combine which was probably a good thing <laughs> the combine was like it was like this is almost what's the word it's an HR problem yeah, you know, it was like the way it was treating us. We were walking around in just our underwear. I was like, "Is this, is this humane? Like, <laughs> is this what we're? This is what the NFL is like." It was just so different to now. Then you know when they start putting the combine on TV, I'm like, "Oh, I was like it's on TV." I was like, "I wonder what they're gonna show." And of course, they showed everything else, but mm-hmm. what we went through, um, it changed, which is good. Which is good for the new players. So you know, I'm glad it changed to where it's better, where they got you know. They don't have to wake up. I remember I was getting my phone call to my hotel room. I was getting phone calls at like 12 a.m. before I had to run to go interview with a football team at like 12 a.m. in the morning. I'm like, I got I got to wake up at 8 o'clock and get ready to run to 40. <laughs> and you, you want a job interview right now? I'm like, oh, it's like... Son, it's only 8 o'clock here in our time, all right? Right. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. So, yeah, it, was, it wasn't... So, some of it wasn't all cracked up to be... Um, some of it was, you know, the, I say the part that was what the NFL or what any professional sport is cracked up to be is the part of the gameplay. Just you being able to be playing a kid sport, you know. So for any basketball player, for any hockey player, for any tennis, golf player, it's just you're able to get paid for what kids do for fun. Mm-hmm. You know, what we did as kids playing in the yard, playing in the neighborhood with friends, going to the basketball court, shooting hoops, going to ice rink, whatever you just do on your free time when you when you have free time as a kid because you didn't have no responsibility. You had to take care of your schoolwork, take care of your chores. Then you'd be like, all right, mom, I'm going to play football with my friends. Or I'm going to go ride my bike with, you know, my friends down the street. And so that is the part that I love about it because I was like, once I got the football, once I got on the field or practice field, it was like, this is what I've been waiting for. You know, yeah. play on the football field with, phenomenal other athletes like myself and then big knuckleheads too they're big goofballs as well <laughs> but they're all phenomenal at what they do you know we're the top centers in our in our profession that can do certain things that a lot of people can't do and it's not really it's not really physically it's more mental because it's all about if you have that drive to push yourself you know, because everybody, even I so I played with great athletes, physically great athletes that were faster than me and could jump higher than I could. 
but mentally they weren't built like I was. Like I understood the process. I understood that you start at zero, then eventually you get to somewhere where you're very strong or you're very talented or you know all the plays, you know all the checks and the reason adjustments to make you the best thing on the football field, regardless of what your physical ability, because as we talk, your physical ability eventually is gonna go away because you get older. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to be the fastest player. You're not going to jump the highest. You're not going to tr- throw the ball the furthest. But if you learn how to manage your age and still, you know, be accurate with the football or run the ball and know, okay, I'm not going to have a 80-yard touchdown run, but I could get five, six yards of carry and beat up a defense, you know, and have endurance. So, because I was like, I know I can't outrun everybody for a 20-year or a 12-year career, but I could sure beat up a defense for four quarters. Yeah, You know, I'm not going to get tired because I trained my body to last for four quarters. And so that's where where players at any sport, like a LeBron right now playing at 38, you know, he's training for endurance and not strength. He doesn't have, I mean, he's naturally big, but he doesn't have to make sure that part is the dominant part. His dominant part is going to be his endurance, how he mm-hmm. can outlast younger players to be a, a good player. And that's where you saw with Tom Brady and um, what he what he did with his you know twenty two twenty three twenty you know twenty plus twenty year plus career and that was my goal so you know if I didn't get hurt and didn't go through uh, Houston you know, I, my mindset was I, I I could play twenty years the way the the rules were changing you know I, I got I think I was retired right when all the rules started changing mm-hmm. for protecting players in terms of training camp in terms of hitting all those rules were just coming to effect, I think, the next year. I retired in 09 in 2010 is when all the rules got changed. And I'm like, dang it, Mr. Buddy here. <laughs> dang it. Oh my. It always seems like the best things happen right after. Yeah, I was like, dang, if I would have waited, if, they, if I would have got signed in 2010 by an NFL team, I would have made it past that because I was always in shape. And I could always get five, three, four yards of carry running the ball. I think my career average is over three which is good for any running back playing in the NFL, playing in, in Division One football. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, sports fan, Amon Green joining the Sports Fan Show. Yep. When we come back, we got the five games to pick, and then also stay tuned. We're going to have our top ten video games to play in Amon Green's eSports history.